This podcast is brought to you by Labyrinth Marketing, an award-winning strategic marketing and capability consultancy passionate about step change in the growth of brands and agencies by setting long-term strategy and supporting empowering the people behind the brands and business to bring these plans to life through capability programs, training, coaching, mentoring, and providing extra resource. Hello and welcome to the Whole Marketeer podcast. Today's podcast is an area of personal development and more around the way in which we work today. It's flexible working. Shortly, I'll welcome today's guest, Claire Lowe, onto the podcast. But before I do, let's talk about flexible working. Flexible working is the ability to be able to define our working patterns, the hours in which we work that fit around our life as a whole. Prior to the pandemic, in order to achieve this, we had to make formal submissions into our business often used when we return to work. But in reality, a formal submission for flexible working can be made at any time after 26 weeks of having joined your employer. Post the pandemic, we have proven to many employers that where we work, the time in which we work, for many, doesn't reduce our productivity. In fact, in many situations, it can enhance our work-life balance. And as Mary Porter's family said, our work life and our personal life need to be working in harmony in order for us to feel balanced. Today's guest is the wonderful Claire Lowe, who has spent the majority of her career working on British heritage brands. She spent seven years working on Hovis and being part of the brand team that turned the brand around in 2009. And then more recently at Cadbury, where she's a senior marketing director for confectionery. She's curious and nosy, depending on how you like to frame it, and is interested in getting the best out of her teams, as getting the best out of her teams allows you to get the best out of your brands. She believes there's a common thread, which is about understanding unique attributes and talents and allowing them to shine in brands and people. Claire, welcome to the Whole Marketer podcast. So Claire, welcome to the Whole Marketer podcast. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So as always with the podcast, we always start with a big juicy question first. And today's big juicy question is, what is flexible working to you? For me, the answer is quite simple, actually. It's about me being able to be at my best. And that is so important. For me individually, that means it's the ability to work hours and times that best suit my personal circumstances. So for me, it's about a later start to the day so I can drop my children at school. And I also do a four-day week. And why that makes me feel at my best is because I feel more balanced. I'm happier in my work. And it enables me to have really quality time with my children. And that's a very personal circumstance for me. But I think I'm really passionate about having ways of working that suit everyone's needs. And so what works for me wouldn't necessarily work for my team. But when I think about myself as a manager or as a leader, it's really important that I can offer this to my team because I say fundamentally a happy team is a more productive team. So flexible working for you is about ensuring that you have a work pattern that reflects the life that you want to live and allows you to feel more balanced and fulfilled in the work that you do. Absolutely. Now, is this a flexible working pattern that you had in place pre-pandemic? Less so, I would say. Things like working from home weren't really as popular. I was reflecting on this thinking, actually, how many days would I actually work from home pre-pandemic? And it was very few, actually. And there was always a very, very good reason for it. It was an exception. 
it was potentially asking for permission. My team would always ask for permission. And actually, I think it's one of the very few kind of benefits that came out of of the pandemic because through incredibly difficult circumstances, productivity didn't drop. Mm. And, you know, you look back and you think, goodness, how did we do that? But even during, you know, those incredibly difficult times, productivity didn't drop. And I think, you know, it's now really powerful coming out of that and saying, actually, you know, hybrid working, working from home is is now the new norm. And, and there's no longer any you know need to ask. And I was thinking, you know, why did I feel personally that I, I needed to ask almost for permission to work from home? And I think there was this perception that productivity might drop or, you know, almost like that fear that if one person did it, then it would open the floodgates and everybody would work from home and that there would be like disastrous consequences, which again is just ironic when you look back and say, well, clearly there weren't, you know, clearly this is only a benefit for us as as individuals, as teams, as, as society. I couldn't agree more. And I feel that flexible working requests almost made it more formal pre-pandemic as well. You know, I remember my return to work requesting a reduced hour and the formality of filling out the form and going to HR and requesting it. Whereas I think now that we have proven that work productivity doesn't drop and that we still can be collaborative with our peers and we can utilize the technology that has been there for quite some time in order to kind of enhance and connect with each other and work in a different way. It's almost been proven by default. And I see many people, even actually those that previously had flexible working requests, you know, the formal submission of a four-day week pattern or a three-day week pattern actually upping their days because they were doing it for some of the reasons that you described. They wanted to be able to do the school drop-off. They wanted to be able to do the school pickup. There may have been some activities outside of work that they weren't able to do because they had to be in the office at a certain time. Whereas actually with the flexibility to do those things, they actually can work a full week just on a pattern that works for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the other thing was that there was the assumption that the only reason that you would ask for flexible working was because you had a dependent. And again, I, if I look at some of the research, you would see that, you know, parents coming back to work, there was a nervousness about asking for coming back on flexible terms, but also very few people outside of those with dependents would actually even ask just on the assumption that it, it wouldn't be perceived right in terms of, you know, any of their career progression. Did it mean that they weren't as career driven, for example? So again, I think it is one of those positive things that actually the benefits of flexible working, both in terms of productivity, but also very personally in terms of mental health and physical health, and just being happier in your working environment, whether that's a shorter day, whether that's working in a different place, um, you know, there are so many different nuances to what flexibility can mean that I think now people have feel much more confident hopefully in in actually making that first step which is asking. Yeah and I think there's also probably an element of having come through the pandemic maybe not even having to ask because you've demonstrated that flexibility like you're saying with your team you know allowing them to work a pattern that works for them that maybe that formal flexible working request isn't as essential as it potentially was before as formal. And I think maybe back to what you were saying at the beginning, Claire, around that need to ask, it sounds like you had to ask for it. And I think that made it a formality. And I know many people, as you say, that wanted it, but didn't ask for it on their return to work after mat leave. 
And the point that you made there around flexible working request, it doesn't have to be just when you have dependents or just when you're returning to work from mat leave, which I think is what it's almost been attached to for so long. It can be at any point in your career, having worked for an employer for more than 26 weeks, you have the right to ask for flexible working and you don't actually have to state the reason. And I think that's exciting. And also it's 26 weeks at the moment, but I know that there's a proposal that has been pushed and, you know, is being discussed at government level saying, actually, well, why shouldn't you be able to do it from day one? Mm. And, you know, again, that's why I think, look, there's real momentum now. I think there's confidence. There's confidence from employees that they can do it. There's confidence exactly to your point. You know, it's no longer, please, can I? You know, there's, there's no longer a need to ask and actually hybrid working, flexible working is the new norm. And, and I think that is super exciting. I think there's still more progress. I think it's around 45% of businesses that are offering flexible working as standard. But that still means there's over half where you are having to ask in cases and it is more of a formality. But I do feel that we're moving in the right direction. And, you know, momentum is a wonderful thing that's pushing people forward. And I think one of the you know great case studies around flexible working is retention of great talent. We all want to keep and attract great talents into our teams. And I think it's one of the biggest drivers and it's really attractive for new recruits coming in that, that we're a business that can offer this. And to your point, we offer it as standard. You know, we expect people to be able to work in conditions that enable them to thrive And it's great that you have that as standard. And I hope that more businesses moving forward will have it as standard. So it doesn't become less of a formality and more of a conversation point. Because I think as it's been proven that productivity doesn't drop, and as you say, the morale and motivation increases because you feel more balanced and happier and retention increases, really across the board becomes the norm. Absolutely. And I think flexibility is so very personal. And, you know, what is flexibility for me may be very different to someone else and whether that's condensed hours, a shorter week, not working school holidays. There are so many different examples of how you can do this. And that offers, I think, so many opportunities. And I genuinely think that that this is one of the most exciting things for industry going forward because it just offers so much more scope for people. I couldn't agree more. And as you know, I'm passionate about ensuring that we allow us to choose roles and work patterns that fit with our life as a whole. And as we said earlier, it's not just about dependence. It could be a side hustle. It could be mm. a passion point or a charity or foundation or something else that you want to do that allows you to play to your values. It could be a personal challenge that you have. Maybe you're wanting to run the marathon or there's a project that you're working on outside of work. All of those things are giving you and filling your cup up, which once again ensures that you are bringing the best version of yourself to work and the energy levels you need in your work. Yeah, you touched on values there. And one of my values is around freedom. If I think about me at my best and kind of me at my worst, one of the things that really impacts me is freedom. And therefore, this ability for me to be able to choose how and when I work and to ensure that my team have that as well is really important to me because at the heart of what we're doing, we spend a lot of hours working. And it's really important that we're enjoying that. 
and that when we're showing up, we're doing it to our best ability. And therefore, this flexibility means that hopefully, you know, we can show up the best version of ourselves. And as someone who is passionate about not only flexible working for yourself, but also developing that for your team, what advice would you give to the listeners on what they can do both personally and for their team to improve the flexible working patterns in their business? I think one of the first things is understanding yourself a little bit better. So what is the flexibility that you're looking for? As I said, I think because it is so varied. And once you've got an understanding of that, I think one of the key things and certainly one of my learnings coming back from maternity leave and, and going to a four-day week was the importance of communication. So really clearly, these are the days I'm working. These are the hours that I'm working and making sure that if you've got high awareness of that, everyone can work around it. I think the challenges come if people don't know. And I think almost at times I was probably a little bit apologetic. I think probably one of the first times, you know, I've I've been working four days a week now for about eight years or so. And the first time I came back, I was worried you know, and I was desperately trying to to overcompensate for that day that I wasn't working. And I should, and now I'm, I'm much more louder in terms of, look, you know, so I block very practical things. It's, you know, so very simple things, but I block my diary on, you know, the day that I'm not working. I block my diary so people can't put in meetings um, before 9.30 in the morning. I block it if I have to leave. So there should be, you know, this this awareness that, you know, people aren't suddenly surprised that I'm not there. And again, I ask my team to do the same thing. You know, let's give everyone the opportunity to know what's going on because Mm. I don't think people intentionally ever set out to say, I'm going to, you know, put a meeting in when I know that you're not working. That's, That's never anyone's intent you know, lots of us are working in big companies with lots of people, with lots of teams, and we can't assume that they will know our working patterns. As you were talking about the apology, it made me think back to when I returned to work after Matt leave. So I read a book and in this book, it said, so on day one, you set your working pattern. So the case for me is I used to start early and finish early. I used to do half seven to four. And they said, when you leave, you leave, but you don't apologize. Mm-hmm. And that always rung true. So I'm off now. See you tomorrow. I really had to catch myself from stopping saying, well, I've been in here since half past seven, don't you know? (laughs) But that was what was working for me. It meant that I could leave early and have a good chunk of time with my son after nursery. And that was why I did it. And that rung true because having stuck to that pattern and doing it without apology meant that after a few weeks, people got used to that pattern. And so that they would come to me and say, oh, I was going to put a meeting in, but you leave at four, don't you? So shall I do it earlier? Or you can leave it at four, so shall I put it in for tomorrow? And it made me see the positive benefit of not apologizing for your working pattern. Because as you say, people get used to it. They get used to you're not in on a Friday. And they know that Claire doesn't start until after half nine. And you get used to making sure that you're scheduling meetings or times in which you can chat with each other that work for both parties. Exactly. And as I said, I think there's no longer the expectation that everybody should be in at all hours. We have a principle of of core hours And again, there is still some flexibility around that. But I think that's the other thing. We're testing and learning as a company. And the flexibility of the approach and the styles and the communication. And I do think, you know, that is one of the most important lessons that I learned that to your point, you know, leaving loudly. I'm not here. 
I'm, I'm never going to be here on, on this day. But making sure that everyone is aware of it, it is super important. And, and also, as I said, because flexibility is so individual, it may be that someone needs to spear for a couple of hours during the middle of the day. And for me, at the heart, and this is the message that my team embraces, well, I don't mind when you work. You know, it's it's never been about showing up or when you work. What I care about is the quality of the work and how you choose to deliver it, maybe in a very different way and a very different style and at very different times to how I do. But that's immaterial. You know, it's the quality of the work. I think the only thing that we commit to is around having some conversation time. You know, that face-to-face time at some point during the week is really important. It gives us energy. We bounce off each other. We can get some better decisions. And just the energy just from, you know, it's one of the things that I think we all missed, and I certainly missed, but from the pandemic, you know, I underestimated, even as an introvert, how much energy that I got from actually being with people. You're not alone in that people acknowledging the amount of energy they get from being around people. And I think it's also about acknowledging the people that don't get energy from being around people and the introverts that always found those things really difficult, actually that being amplified for them as well, that actually being able to work from home more days of the week or lessening some of that maybe chit-chat and water cooler moments for them has actually allowed that maybe them to be more productive. And I think it flexes both ways. And I think it also flexes on the work style. And Alex Hurst talks about this, who's a co-founder of the Hoxby Collective. He talks around actually working when your brain is at its best also. So those mm. people that are night owls or those the people that are early birds or being able to do your best work at the time when you are at your best, as you say, improves the quality of the output also. Yeah. I think one of the other things is that now... I guess, flexible working, hybrid working is a choice. Mm. And again, I think choice is really important. So when we were forced to work from home, when there were other complications that came with it, so whether it was homeschooling, whether it was looking after a dependent, whatever the complexity, or whether it was the challenge of just not being around people, Mm. the fact that there wasn't a choice there made it incredibly hard as we move out of that and it suddenly becomes a choice, for me, actually, it's hugely exciting in the sense that, you know, I choose to go into the office. It is a choice that I make, but I also then choose to work from home during certain days. And I catch myself, it makes me smile. You know, it it, it is lovely now because I feel like, you know, we've come out, thankfully, hopefully for, you know, for the long term out of this, you know, incredibly difficult period. And as I see my team and, and as I go in and I'm, I'm, you know, with other people, I start to feel this is really exciting, really exciting as we start to, you know, to work for, for the future. And coming back to your point, there is no longer the need to ask for permission. Can I just, and, and think that you have to have a really super excuse about why you want to work from home. And I just think that is so in the past now for us. I think it is in the past for us. And there's been two things that I've really loved where we are now post the pandemic. I think one is the transparency of our lives as a whole. So I was at a meeting with a client yesterday and we were all talking about catching up later and the transparency of, well, I'm on school run, I'm on school run, I've got a one-to-one after school run without 
as you say, an apology or pretendly having to hide that, <laughs> going, um, well, I'm actually available about four o'clock without the actual transparency of why you're available again at four o'clock was really refreshing, really refreshing to hear. And I think the other thing around the not having to hide is the actual ability to get to know each other a lot better because you are talking about your school pickup and your children's names or whatever else that you are planning to do in that time, whether that's a physical activity or a, something outside of work, which allows you to get to know each other so much better on that much deeper level, which only builds collaboration and co-working. Yeah. During the pandemic, in a lot of ways, I got to know my team better. Mm. And it was it was ironic in the sense that we weren't physically present with each other. But the vulnerabilities, they were shared and they were shared really quickly mm. because you couldn't hide. You couldn't hide from it, but also you didn't want to hide. And, and I think, you know, once one person starts sharing, it then becomes such a relief, empowering. As I said, it was, you know, those connections became very meaningful, but also they then take you back. So when we realize that as you go back into the office, you've got a much stronger relationship. You know, you know, these people, you know, their children, you know, their pets, you know, that they like, you know, going for a run at X amount of time, or, you know, you know, when they move rooms, you know, their houses, you know, very intimate details about them that you would never normally get, you know, at that speed or only with potentially like one or two members of your team. It's completely true. It's completely true. And, you know, the amount of times that pets come into view or children, especially when they were being homeschooled, came into view. You know, I was on a call with a client and my son had cracked this Mario level and he was busting to tell me, but obviously as a child doesn't understand that, you know, you can't do that right now. But anyways, it was great because everyone on the call went, tell us, tell us how you did it. And so everybody was listening, not just for me with the joy that he'd cracked this level that he'd been frustrated for, but everybody was listening to how Hugh had cracked this level. And, you know, now when I do catch up with that client, they're saying, oh, how's he getting on? You know, they're asking questions that, like you say, you would have never gone there and never seen and never seen sides to people's personalities because you're seeing them in their natural habitat. You're seeing them in their home. You're seeing their paintings. You're seeing where they sit, like you say, when they need to change their energy levels and it's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful wonderful thing I think it also helps us understand how people work and their driving motivations I think just knowing someone more deeply I I remember at times reflecting ah I can see more of your style now and in seeing more of your style I can understand more of your work and the whys and how you think and again that being a me taking a step back and thinking actually there are benefits here as hard as it feels, I do feel that I know my team better. And as I said, it's an ironic thing. I I felt that I was starting to know my team better through a time when I wasn't actually meeting them physically. What's refreshing as I'm listening is the way in which you work with your team in this open and positive way, ensuring they feel balanced and motivated at work. And you've worked on some amazing brands, Claire, including Hovis and Cadbury's. I'd love to hear your career highs and lows. One of my career highs that still remains with me, actually, even though it was well over 10 years ago now, was when I was working at Hovis and we launched the brand. You know, vividly, vividly remember it is the energy and the drive across every agency team and that absolute clarity that every member of that team, whether it was part of the agency or the internal functions, because it was such a huge relaunch, the personal role 
that they had on the delivery of making that relaunch a success. And it really galvanized. And it remains a great case study for me on the clarity of vision, simple goals, and the belief it takes to get things done. The, the teamwork was, was just superb. I was working for some brilliant marketeers, so Julie Levers and John Goldstone at the time. And for me, it was also very much a personal growth journey as a marketeer. And I remember just loving it. You know, it was the first big TV ad that I had ever done. And the shoot, pretty famous ad, it was 122 seconds. So it was a second for every year that the Hovis brand had been around. And we took a trip through British history. And being on set and again, seeing the passion, it's, you know, I even though it was that time ago, I, I remember it. But I remember the teams as much as the content. And just showed me the impact also that great marketing can have on the performance of brands, but also society as a whole. And then I have been so lucky. I'm now with Cabrian and have been for a number of years. And it's a brand that I grew up with. It's genuinely one of the first memories that I had as a child was eating a crunchy bar on the way to see my sister for the first time. So I remember <laughs> my dad putting me in a car saying like he was going to drive a little bit fast and he got me a crunchy and we were on the way to go and see my sister in the hospital. And <laughs> I love the fact that now all these years later that crunchy is one of the brands that I look after. And I've been lucky enough to do some amazing innovation at Cadbury. And again, it's the amount of energy that I get from it because, you know, chocolate is a, such a fun category and it's the nation's favorite and it's the largest brand. And it's a real privilege, you know, to be part of the, some of the work that we do there. You know, but there have also been times where, you know, I've, I've struggled with things. I struggled coming back from maternity leave for the second time. Uh, naively, I, I thought, as I'd done it once before, that I'd be fine. And that because I'd done it once before, I, I, I knew how to do it. And actually, for those first few months, I found it very difficult. Uh, I'd come back to a new role, and that was a project role, which was really exciting in itself. It wasn't anything to do with the role. But I didn't have a direct team, and I'd always been used to having a direct team. And I realized how much I missed them. You know, I missed how much energy I got from them. There was also a point that I realized almost how much validation that I got from my team. And I started to doubt myself. And doubting myself in a new way of working, coming back in, said on four days a week with two young children, it did have a knock on my confidence and my confidence both as a parent, but also as an employee. And it did take a number of, of months to get back into the swing of things, to get my confidence. And I guess during that time, I learned a lot about myself, um, what I needed to feel happy and what enabled me to be at my best. And also to the earlier discussion around just because I work in a slightly different way to some people, that doesn't mean to say that that is a disadvantage. And actually, my perspective, my position, but also the way I work is actually and should be seen as an advantage because I bring a different perspective. And it's in some ways, it's simple to say now, but I remember at the time it feeling quite difficult for me. And as I listen to both your highs and lows, there's a pattern 
that I'm noticing, which is you get your energy from being around others. And that connection that you get with others is really important for you. And I think sometimes we don't take those moments to reflect our highs and lows and see those patterns and allow you to understand, as you said, what's important to you for you to feel happy at work. Absolutely. It is that reflection in the moment, which I think is incredibly difficult to do. I think when we start to think or to tell stories about difficult periods of our life or different examples, quite often it's at a time when you've been able to process it. I remember when, and it was six months ago, it was a year ago, it was two years ago, because it's in a place where it's comfortable to articulate, as opposed to, I guess, one of the things that I'm working on now is, look, if I'm feeling uncomfortable in the moment, then I have to talk about it in the moment. And I think, you know, that that's a journey. I think for lots of us, but whether it comes to performance, whether it comes to whether you're saying that you're working well or not so well, the importance of communication and understanding you and how you work at your best is is really important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's having that personal understanding in yourself so that you do have the toolkit to be able to assess in the moment or maybe slightly after the moment when it's not feeling so raw and you can reflect, which is, why was that not working for me? Was it playing to my values or not playing to my values? What needs were being met? When were not being met? What could I do differently? And I think having the personal understanding to know yourself and what you need and what drives you and what you value is really important to being able to evaluate those situations. Absolutely. Well, Claire, thank you so much for your time so far on today's podcast. We always finish the podcast with the following question. What one piece of advice would you give to marketers of tomorrow? It's going to move fast. I think faster than ever, ever before, which I think is is super exciting. And for marketers to have the confidence that they're going to be the experts in many areas before their managers and to have the confidence that that brings. And a second one, and and I think this is something that I hold true, it should be fun. Don't ever forget that what we're doing should be fun. I, I think of marketing as a form of entertainment that should deliver some kind of emotion, a smile, a laugh, a heartwarming moment. We're here to make an impact and you know, to, to question that with all the work that you're doing, make sure that we're, we're raising an emotion of some kind. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Whole Marketeer podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do click follow below for more weekly podcasts. The Whole Marketer book is now available in all good bookstores. And to find out more about how Labyrinth can support and step change the growth of your brand or agency, go to www.labyrinthmarketing.co.uk. Thank you.